Bibles with you this morning. We're going to go ahead and go to the book of Galatians, the sixth chapter. Galatians chapter number six and verse number 19. Or sorry, Galatians four. My, my apologies. Galatians four, verse number 19. While you're turning there, I'm just going to go ahead and use this opportunity if, if I can. Say thank you to first of all all of our mothers. Happy Mother's Day! Thank you so much for all that you are and all that you do. Uh, I have some special mothers in my life. My mom, who raised me, gave birth to me, had to deal with me growing up. God bless her. Sister Hassebrock for all of her prayers and love when I was a, a youth and child praying for me. My mother-in-law, she might be watching, but uh, as far as mother-in-laws go, I couldn't have asked for a better one. This is my wife, mother of my children, uh, they are who they are because of her godly example and intense love and prayers, and also to the mother of my grandson, also has to deal with my son, so God bless her take him off our hands. Amen. Thank you to all of our mothers. Amen. Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 19. Now we have to read the full context of this in order to try and understand it. Uh, but I, I, I promise you I will not try to explain all of it. Uh, because it, we could be here a little while. But Galatians 4.19, My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law. In other words, there were some people that wanted to continue to live by the, the Old Testament law. Do you not, not hear the law, he asked. For it's written, Abraham had two sons one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. Everybody say the flesh. But he of the free woman was by promise. Everybody say by promise. Which things are an allegory. So not only were they true, but they also serve as allegory. For these are the two covenants. The one from Mount the Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar or Hagar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it's written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which has an husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, we are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, 
but of the free. Praise God. There's a whole lot in there. We're not going to even attempt to unpack it all. But I want to preach this morning on when the new mom steps in. When the new mom steps in. God bless you. Be seated. Some of you are like, what is he going to talk about today? Mother's Day is one of those days that can remind us of the happiness that we have or also of the sorrows that we bear. Every year it brings remembrances, remembering our mothers and the thankfulness that we have for them. But there are those who have sorrow at the remembrance of their mother, for they are no longer with us. While some mothers are joyed and blessed with the children who remember them today, there are others who have experienced loss of a child. Motherhood is one of those things in life in which you are defined by another. Motherhood is defined simply by the children that you bear. That's what makes you a mother. We understand that motherhood also bears with it many definitions and applications. For all that a mother is, it's not just the bearing of children, but it's also found in the nurture, the training, the raising, the developing, the cheering, the patching, the uplifting, and so much more. All of these things in their varying combinations make up this person that we call mother. Some mothers seem to have it all together. Any, any of those here? While others who are constantly seemingly to fall apart. Any of those here? <laughs> Nobody wants. Some mothers have borne their children of their body. Other mothers have adopted. Some mothers are mothers in training and mentoring, nurturing and caring of others' children. The role of mother is complex and difficult to understand unless you are one. I don't stand here even, even attempting to think that I understand what it's like to be a mother. I could only wish for mom goggles, as we saw today. Mothers, you are simply amazing. You are amazing. There was a family many generations ago in which two children were born. They lived in tough frontier conditions in a cabin in the southern Indiana woods. The cabin had no windows, a dirt floor, and no door. The winter winds would whistle right through that little cabin. But their tough life turned unbearable when the hard-working mother fell ill and died. The children now grieving for their mother had to labor harder than ever with their father struggling to put food on the table and keep the cabin warm. Their father knew that this now motherless family was floundering, so he left the children under the care of their 18-year-old cousin and went back to where the father was, the father went back to where he was from to find a wife. The timing could not have been better, for he sought out an old flame. She had been married also, but her husband had also passed, leaving her a widow. There was no time for holding hands, no candlelight dinners. Essentially, in a business-like arrangement, he paid her debts and the two were married the following day. She had three children, 
They all packed up and headed back to Indiana. It had been nearly six months since those children's father had left. They were ragged, filthy, and hungry. Imagine these children's thoughts as their father arrives back home with a wagon full of people, a family in tow. Among them, their new stepmother. She immediately bathed the children, mended their clothes, and made them look human again. She worked to make that cabin into a home. I picture my wife in this situation. She insisted on a wooden floor, had to have a window, and needed to have a door put in. This new stepmother brought with her books, biographies of Ben Franklin, George Washington, fiction books such as Robinson Crusoe, The Pilgrim's Progress, and Aesop's Fables. The little boy had a hunger for learning, preferred the reading and studying to the splitting of the logs or working in the field. It was his stepmother who invested in his intellect and encouraged him to do his reading, his writing, and arithmetic. And he blossomed under her attention and affection. When his first mother had passed, he could, she could no longer guide him. She could no longer be of help to him. That's when the new mom stepped in. She led him into a new hope and a brighter future. We understand from Scripture that this woman named Eve, she gets the blame for the pain that mothers feel in childbearing. Don't take it out on your husbands. But it was Eve whose decision in a time of deception brought that curse upon mothers in every future generation. So it was she who suffered first in the bearing of children. It was she who passed on the nature of sin to her own children. Every generation would follow, that would follow every woman who would give birth to a child, that nature of sin would pass from one generation to the next. It was this nature, this sinful nature that, that caused man from that time to be bound by sin. It would shape our existence from that time. It's what David speaks of. Because it was he who, when confronted with his own vile and wickedness and, and sinful uh, act, that, that he committed adultery and he committed murder, that when confronted with his sin, he would repent in the depth of his being. He would weep before his God, begging for mercy and forgiveness from his Creator. We have record of that, that, that special prayer. In Psalm 51, verse number 5, David records in just a small portion of that, that prayer, that powerful prayer, he says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. He understood there was a nature towards sin. There was a nature that led him in the direction of, of 
pleasing the flesh and doing the things according to the will of the flesh and the desires of his flesh. That, that, that there were times that his flesh was at odds with his desire to please God. And he recognized in this prayer that, that I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. But he begged of God to bring forgiveness, to create in me a new heart, O oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. But it's not just known by David that this sinful nature had been passed down. In fact, Solomon, David's own son, he wrote in multiple places in his prayer of dedication of the temple. He says, if they sin against thee, as he prays for the nation of Israel, if they sin against you, and he adds in just a little comment, for there's no man that sins not. He's saying everybody has sinned, but when they sin, they can turn to this place and pray. In Proverbs 20, verse 9, he asks the rhetorical question, Who can say, I have made my heart clean, I am pure from my sin? Who can say that? He knows that nobody can say that because we read later in ecclesiastes 7 verse 20 that he writes that there is for there is not just a just man upon earth that doeth good and sins not solomon understood much like his father is that everybody from the time of adam and eve everybody man and woman Every child, that there is a sinful nature that has been passed down from generation to generation. It has not skipped a generation. It has not bypassed generations. It hasn't skipped one family over another. Every man and woman has received that nature of sin. Paul had the same understanding. In Romans 3.23, he said that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In Romans 5, 12, he said, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men. Why? For that all have sinned. Happy Mother's Day. Every one of us has received this nature of sin. It was to the church of Galatia that Paul would write in Galatians chapter 3, verse 22. He says that, that the scripture has concluded all under sin. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should af afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we're no longer under the schoolmaster, for you are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. What am I trying to say? Is that that nature towards sin, 
that that nature of sin that brings death because everybody has sinned. And we understand from Paul's writing and from what God had told Adam and Eve is that there would be death that accompanies sin. Death would be the result of sin. And so what needed to happen is that everything, as Paul said here in Galatians, he said everything was pointing toward Christ. Everything was bringing us toward Christ. Because that nature that you were born with, that law and the, the acknowledgement and the penalty of sin is all leading and pointing in one direction. Paul said it, it was a schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. In Romans 5, verse 17, he said, If by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. If that's the case, how do we obtain the promise of righteousness if everything was pointing toward Christ? If that schoolmaster was intended to bring us to Christ, and Paul talks about the promise of life, how do we receive that promise of righteousness unto life? You were born with a sinful nature. It began, it began with Eve's deception and Adam's disobedience. We can go back to the beginning. No, not Genesis 1. We go back to John 1. In John chapter 1, verse 1, John records, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And that light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. It's talking about Jesus. In verse number 10, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him. But the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on His name. Notice this in verse 13. Which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. How do we receive the promise? In John chapter 1, we see the need to be born again. You say, Pastor, that's, that's John chapter 3. I'm talking about John chapter 1. 
As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. It's those who were born not of blood. Are you with me? Nor of the will of the, of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Folks, we've been born of blood. We've been born of flesh. But John is telling us that there is a way, hallelujah, that we can become the sons of God and we must be born again. Not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. So when a Pharisee came to Jesus, a religious leader came to him by night in John chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God. No one can do these miracles that you're doing except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? God help us. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Notice this next verse. He says, that which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it lists, and you hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell where it's coming or where it's going. So is everyone that's born of the spirit. Hallelujah, you've been born of the flesh. And in so doing... If you understand anything about what happens when a baby is born, there is a breaking forth of the water. And you come through the matrix, as the scripture says, and you have to breathe that first breath of life. Anybody glad for the breath of life? So the breaking of the water, and then there's the breath that comes into the lungs. But in order to be born again, there needs to be a breaking of the water. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And you need that breath of life. Hallelujah. That is the Holy Ghost. That is the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And when you do that, you fulfill what Jesus tells Nicodemus. To be born of the water and of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And then, then you are born again. It's through this new birth that we're born into the kingdom. And it's the church. The church. Everybody say the church. It's the church that is the mother of us all. Praise God. Anybody, anybody here worshiping? Anybody here part of the kingdom without the church? 
you're all here, by the way. Just you're 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 in the church. You're, you're part of the building, part of the body. <laughs> we need the church. The church is the mother of us all. It's the church that that labors and travails in pain, praying for you. When you're lost in sin, the church prays for you. When you're going through your struggles and your hurts and your pains of life, the church is praying for you. And I'm going to tell you what, the church knows how to pray intercessory prayers. And it hurts when we pray sometimes. We groan in prayers sometimes because we know, we feel your pain. We know what you're going through. And so we seek God on your behalf. Just like a mother who hurts for her children, so does the church hurt for her children. Your natural mother labored, travailed to bring you into this world with all of her love, all of her care. She still could not stop the nature of sin that came down, was passed down through the generations from Eve. So you too were born with that nature of sin. But when you're born again, it's your spiritual mother, the church, that labors, that travails for you. Not as your earthly mother, your mother of, of your flesh. For that which is born of flesh is flesh. But rather, as your heavenly mother in the spirit, that which is born of spirit is spirit. The waters that break with the mother who travails for you in the, in the spirit. The waters break because there's repentance of sin. And you are baptized in the waters of baptism. And in that baptism, hallelujah, that old nature, that old man, that old way of living... That gets washed away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there is a, there is a birth that is happening in those moments. Uh, hallelujah. And when you are baptized into Christ, you put on Christ. Did you hear me this morning? When you're baptized into Christ, you put on Christ. Uh, that old nature, that old man is gone. Uh, Hallelujah. And you rise from that place to walk in newness of life. With all the love and respect that I have toward the mothers in my life, specifically my mom who bore me, she can't get me to heaven. With all the love and respect I have toward your mothers, they can't get you to heaven. You must be born again. You must be born again. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me this morning?
Some of you don't know what to do. I'm, I'm preaching short this morning. That lonely, unhappy boy that I spoke of, that boy who grew up in that cold cabin in Indiana, he grew into a clever, self-confident man determined to become a success. His new mom gave him comfort and stability and more importantly, love and support. It's said that she treated all her children impartially, but even this mother, her name Sarah, admitted to an interviewer that she secretly had a favorite. She said Abe was a good boy. She said the best boy I ever saw. I never gave him a crossword all my life. His mind and mine seemed to move in the same channel. She lived to see her good boy become the president who would hold the union together and abolish slavery. Abraham Lincoln became one of the greatest presidents in this nation's history, still honored today, and it's because of a woman he called mother. It's not that Abe's birth mother wasn't good enough, but on her passing, there needed to be another. One who would carry him in to his future. So it is with you and I today. It's not that your earthly mother is, isn't wonderful in all that they are and all that they do. I implore you to give them honor and respect and reverence. But your spiritual mother, because your earthly mother cannot save you, but your spiritual mother is the one who can take you into your eternal future. Did you hear me this morning? Your spiritual mother will be the one to take you into your eternal future. You will not make heaven without the church. Boy, that's a lot quieter than I expected. You will not make heaven without the church. Because Jesus is coming back to receive his bride which is the church and if you're not part of the church then you're not part of the bride so what do you got to do you've got to be born again you've got to be born again Jesus said to Nicodemus it should not be astounding to you. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again of water and of the Spirit. If you have not been born again, there is a spiritual mother 
praying for you because you've been wandering in sin. There's a spiritual mother who's been praying for you because you have struggled. You've made decisions. You've made choices in life that are taking you away from God rather than closer to Him. Holy Ghost do his work in Jesus name